Well, hey there and welcome. I'm so glad that you joined us for church today. I'm excited for it today. But before I get into my sermon, um, I just want to say congratulations to all the seniors and especially the Bram seniors who have just graduated uh, this past Friday. I'm so proud of you guys. And I know it's obviously not the ideal situation to not graduate in the way that everybody else gets to graduate. But I want to encourage you guys that this is something that you guys get to do together, that even though it's not ideal, you guys are going through it together. So stick close to each other. I'm proud of you. We're all proud of you here at New Hope, and we love you guys. We support you guys, and we're so excited for your future. And that goes for you, Bram students, and that goes for all you Cambridge Isani students as well. We're so excited for you guys. Well, I don't know how many of you guys grew up with a creepy, scary basement, but I did. Now, my parents put so much blood, sweat, and tears into our house, and we're so proud of the house that we grew up in. My parents still live there, which is awesome, but we built it back in 98, but we didn't finish the basement until about 2015. So I grew up with a really creepy, scary, unfinished basement, and it was amazing because as a child with four kids in the family, we always got to play fun games down there. We play kickball, we play basketball, everything. We just destroyed the place, but one of the things that my siblings used to do to me, which made me so mad because I was the baby in the family, is whenever we were, we were done, they would sprint up the steps, shut off all the lights, and I'd be locked in our scary basement because they're holding the door shut. I'd be locked in our scary, creepy basement all by myself. And I always thought somebody was chasing me. I always thought somebody was just like, just about to grab my foot, grab my ankle, and like pull me down the steps. It's the scariest thing in, in the world when I'm like six years old. But I figured this out. Even though my brother Jeremy, who was bigger, faster, stronger than me, he would always get up the stairs first. I figured out that if I could just run as fast as I could and get as close as possible to the door before he shut it, I could put my foot down and I could keep the door open. That way, after a couple minutes, he would just give up and be like, all right, fine. Like, I can't push a door through a foot, right? It was perfect. Now, my foot bled, my foot was bruised, but I did it. I figured it out. I had to be able to you know, use a foothold to keep the door open. Now, a foothold is huge when you're trying to get out of your scary basement. It's super helpful, right? But a foothold, when it comes to our spiritual lives and, and the way that we use it around church, is not always a good thing. Now, when I say a foothold or a spiritual stronghold, I'm talking about areas of our lives where, where Satan is working and we are keeping the door open for Satan to work in our lives. Or areas in our lives where we're keeping the door open for our sinful flesh, our sinful humanity, our sinful desires to keep working in our lives. And I think today, one of those footholds that so many people are struggling with is bitterness. Bitterness is one of the ways that we put our foot down. And when we do that, we are leaving the door open for anger and resentment and negativity and unforgiveness. And if we choose to do that, it's going to rob us of our joy. And this is why the author of Hebrews says this, Hebrews chapter 12, he says this, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Did you see how the author of Hebrews just talked about bitterness? He, he described it as this word picture of, of, a, of a root this root system. See, a lot of times when it comes to our bitterness, we think that, oh, we can just be bitter. We can be angry. We can kind of keep it to ourselves. Somebody makes a comment to us. We're just going to harbor it. We're not going to talk to them about it, but we think that we can just keep it to ourselves. It's not going to affect anybody else, but inside we're just bitter. We're angry. We're frustrated. 
But the trick of bitterness is that you can't just keep it to yourself. It's going to bleed into every area of your life. It doesn't matter what you're angry about. It's going to bleed into every area of your life. This is why the picture of the root is used. Now, I'm obviously not a gardener. I think that's pretty obvious. But what I do know about roots is that they take in everything from water to everything on the topsoil. They take it in and whatever they take in, they feed out to the rest of the plant for it to grow. Now, it's either going to grow the plant or if it's bad, it's going to kill the plant. Now, this is exactly what bitterness does. We're taking in bitterness. We're taking in anger from, from comments that people make to us or because somebody else makes more money or because somebody else has hurt us in the past and we sit there and we get bitter and we get bitter and we get bitter. And in turn, it's going to start, it's going to start affecting all of our relationships. It's going, to affect, it's going to affect the way that we work. It's going to affect how we parent. It's going to affect how we are in our marriage, it's gonna affect every single area. And if you don't believe me, here's how it happens. I mean, somebody makes a, a comment to you at work, right? Whether it's a boss or a coworker, and maybe it was meant to be rude, maybe it wasn't. But you took it the wrong way and you take it home with you and you think you're fine, but all of a sudden you're being short with your kids, getting angry at your wife, you're short-tempered. That's what bitterness does because a bitter root will produce bitter fruit. Or if you're hanging out with a couple of the moms, right? A couple of you and your mom's friends, you got your kids around and a situation happens and you handled it with your kids, but maybe another mom didn't like the way that you handled it or didn't think that you did it in the best way. And they, they kind of give you a little bit of a look, right? And all of a sudden you see that look and you're like, man, now, now the relationship is fractured, right? Now there's this awkward tension in the relationship. This is what bitterness does. It affects our relationships. It steals our joy. And if we're, you know, if we can take the focus off ourselves for a moment, God just despises our bitterness because we are called to live as people in God's image, in community, in love, and in unity. And I know that that sounds like, oh, like hippiness, but it's not. This is what the Bible calls us to do, to love one another, to forgive one another, to give grace to one another. So we can't fall into the trick that bitterness is only affecting us because it's not. You know, it's been said before that bitterness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. When in reality, I mean, we are the ones that are ultimately being affected and then we're affecting the other people, right? We need to learn to get rid of bitterness. And I want to speak to you for a moment just as your pastor. And for some of you, I think that we just need to learn to forgive. We need to stop putting so much stock into other things in life and stop, stop worrying so much about our career and advancing to the next level. Stop worrying so much about how much money we're making and, and who makes more money versus who makes less money. We need to stop worrying about so many things that ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, they don't fully matter. Because these are often the areas that we are getting bitter about. You know, our reputation, it matters to a certain degree, but we can't go around getting offended over every comment. You know, our, our government, it, it matters to a certain degree, but we can't get offended over every single thing our government does. We need to learn to, to let it go and forgive. But I do know that some of you here today are listening to this and it's not just a rude comment that was said. It's not something small that, was ha that happened and you're just harvesting this bitterness. It's something real, it's something big, and it's something painful. Maybe you had a dad in your life that, that really wasn't in your life at all. Maybe he was around a little bit, maybe he wasn't around at all, and you kind of harbor bitterness about that. Maybe you've been abused or neglected. Whatever it is, I do know that there is real pain, there is real heartache, and there are real wounds that some of you are going through right now. And truly, if we're just gonna be honest with ourselves, you have every right to be bitter. You have every right to be angry, to be resentful. But here is what 
the Apostle Paul says about this. This is powerful. This is where the power of Jesus comes in. Ephesians chapter 4. It says, Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Now, what was the standard that was just used for forgiveness? The standard that was used for forgiveness was the death of Jesus on the cross, that he died for our sins, that God ultimately forgave us through Jesus. Now, I want you to put this in perspective of the hurt that's been caused to you, the real hurt, the real pain that you have been through. What this verse doesn't say, it doesn't say that those of you who are offended about little comments, just get rid of it. It doesn't get varying degrees, like those of you who have been really hurt, like this isn't for you, this is only for you. No, it doesn't give varying degrees of bitterness. It says anybody who is bitter, we need to get rid of all bitterness, all anger, all resentment, and we need to remember that Jesus forgave us on the cross. This is where the power of God comes in. This is where the gospel comes in because so many of us are harvesting this pain, this resentment, this bitterness in our hearts, and it's real and it hurts. But here's what happens. I want you to put yourself in the situation that you're feeling bitter about. Or I want you to think about that person who you're feeling bitterness and resentment towards. And I don't want you to do this because I want, you to put you, I want to put you back in the pain that you face. I don't want to do that. But what I do want to do is I want to give you an opportunity not to relive it and not to rehearse it to everybody else, but I want to give you an opportunity to release it to be free, because that's what bitterness is. It's a chain and it's keeping you in a prison. It's time to release it. Now, here's what Jesus says. Or here's what Paul says, sorry. He says, get rid of all bitterness because God forgave you. Now, I want you to think about it like this. God is not up in the sky getting mad at you because you can't forgive. He's not looking at you saying, come on, like just forgive, right? You're like, you just got to put it behind you. You just got to let it go. And you're sitting here with God saying, God, but I've been abused. I've been neglected. I've been this and that. I've been really hurt. He's not looking down. You say, well, you just need to do this. No, no, God sees you in your pain. In fact, Jesus, look at what he went through as the son of God here on this earth. He was beaten he was neglected. He was isolated. He was hated by so many people. He was hated to the point of death on a cross. That's real. That's pain. And Jesus went through it. And so Jesus isn't looking down on you with frustration saying, why can't you forgive? It doesn't matter how bad you've been hurt. You just needed to forgive. No, he's saying, I've been through it with you. I'm right here. Jesus is a God of empathy. He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly how bad you've been hurt. He knows exactly how lonely you are feeling. And he's offering you a way out. You know, Jesus went to the cross and he could have just plucked himself out of the situation as the son of God with all the power of God. He could have just released himself from the situation, gone up to heaven and be like, man, you guys hated me and just had resentment towards everybody and sent us all to hell. He could have done that but he chose forgiveness because forgiveness is not only the way of Jesus, it is the character of Jesus. Jesus is forgiveness. He is mercy. He is love and perfect love casts out all fear. Whatever you're going through, whatever you've had done to you, whatever bitterness that you have, no matter how bad you've been hurt, Jesus is here to say that you can forgive. You can release it by his blood, by his power, you just need to ask him for the strength to do it. 
You know, some of us, we have bitterness in our hearts and honestly, we just need to let it go. It's small. Somebody said something rude to us, whatever it was, we just need to learn to forgive. But some of us who are dealing with real pain, real heartache, I want you to hear this today that God sees you. He loves you. He knows your pain. He understands your pain. He's been there right there with you. But he's offering you a way out of your chains. Nelson Mandela said it like this. He said, as I walked out of the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. And I think that's, that, that's what some of us are in today. We're still in our prisons of bitterness. And today is the day we need to let it go and let God take control. His blood is sufficient. His sacrifice was sufficient. He loves us. Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much, Lord, for your love and for your grace and your forgiveness. And Lord, would you remind whoever is listening, no matter how bad they've been hurt, whether it's a little or a lot, Lord, that you have been through pain too. You understand their heartache. You understand their pain. But by your blood, Jesus, everything can be forgiven. That we can walk in freedom. We don't have to walk in bitterness and resentment. But Lord, we can trust in you and trust in your death on the cross and trust in the forgiveness that you give us. Lord, may we forgive just as you forgave people. It's in your name I pray.